Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Seeking Witchcraft, Episode 9 of Season 2. It's Ashley, and today I have Tiana, who is going to come on and finish up the Astrology Basics mini-series. This episode is actually going to talk about how to work with the moon, the sun, and the planets, and I'm stoked because I can actually contribute to this episode, so looking forward to this one. But before we begin, I want to thank the Witchling and Neophyte Patreon group. You guys are seriously the best. I'm about a quarter of a way to my goal, which is going to help build up the funds to get a microphone, and... Ooh, I, I'm really looking forward to being able to actually record this with a microphone. I had an interview a couple days ago with somebody else who you'll see on a future episode. <laughs> and uh, something happened where I had to move away from the computer for a second. And then when I went to go come back on the laptop, I was like, oh, I'm back. And they're like, yeah, you you could wake an entire army with the amount of noise it sounded like for you to come back to your computer because my microphone on my laptop is super sensitive. And I was like, oh, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, you know, as you all know, this is a pretty amateur podcast and I do want to try to kick it up a notch. So I really or I recently had an interview with Spotify and that really lit like a fire under me to want to try to make this the absolute best that I can. So Thank you just to everyone who's felt moved to help support the show. It really does mean the absolute world. And if you're not able to contribute, I mean, under no obligation, (laughs) like don't feel that that's something you need to do because anybody who has contributed, I mean, it, it means the absolute world, but just having you guys here and having you guys listen, I mean, that means so much to me too, because without you guys, the show really wouldn't exist. So thank you so, so much. That being said, in addition, I wanted to announce that I actually started a community Facebook group. So it's called Witches Seeking Witchcraft. So if you're interested in joining that group, you can find it by going on my Facebook page, which also went under like a little bit of a change too. The name of the page is now Seeking Witchcraft Podcast. And the reason I changed it is because I used to get a lot of messages from people asking me like, hey, do you know how I can start learning about witchcraft or Wicca? And I'd be like, yeah, this page is associated with the podcast. <laughs> like, I don't post a lot of memes, but I promise this is actually a podcast page. So I changed the name. And I will say I have not gotten as many messages as I used to. So I think it worked out. But yeah, so seek or it's called Witches Seeking Witchcraft. I will say, please answer the membership questions. There's only two. They're really easy. Um, they're mostly just there to make sure that everybody agrees to privacy. Um For example, one of the questions is like that you will promise not to share screenshots with identifying information outside of the group. So, you know, if you want to share a screenshot of what goes on, that's fine. But please make sure to blur out any names or pictures or anything like that. Because as you know, a lot of people are still in the broom closet and screenshots last forever, guys. (laughs) Like, you know, you just don't want to out somebody by accident. Um, and that, that, you know, that's really just the basis of that. So please answer the membership questions. Um, I screen everybody personally who goes through to make sure that they select yes to both questions. So, all right. Uh, so yeah, so my Facebook page is now seeking witchcraft podcast, but my Twitter is still the same. It's still at seek witchcraft and my Instagram is at seeking witchcraft. So, okay. All right. I'm going to play a quick ad and then we're going to play the episode and then it's going to go ahead and get started. So, All right, everyone, I hope you enjoy the episode. And I also just want to say, too, um, just to give you a sneak peek of some upcoming episodes I have, I have three interviews that I did. Um, Actually, oh my gosh, no, I had four interviews that I did coming up. um, And I think you guys are really, really going to like them. Um, The next one is going to be coming up with uh, an author named Mortellis. The one after that is with another author named Amy Blackthorne. The one after that is with another author named Jason Mankey. And the one after that is actually with Tiana and uh, one of our friends, Justin. So keep on the lookout. Those are all recorded and ready to go once I go ahead and do a little bit of editing to them. And yeah, so hope you guys enjoy this episode and I will be posting those episodes really soon. Okay, bye. Hey, Tiana. Thanks so much for coming back on. Hey, thanks for having me. 
course. I just want to let you guys know that Tiana is seriously a rock star. We had already recorded this episode, like, almost two weeks ago, maybe actually over two weeks ago. It's been a long time. Uh, But unfortunately, the system that we used to record together completely destroyed our audio, and it was, like, 100% unfixable. It it was just really bad and really sad, like, to hear that, too. So... (laughs) We're now using something completely different to <laughs> record this at the same time. Uh, so yeah, this is our, technically our second attempt at this episode. So hopefully we won't need a third attempt. I hope this is it. And also on my end, I had a ton of random life curveballs being thrown at me before recording or re-recording this episode, I should say. So Tiana had to deal with my scheduling conflicts. And I, yeah, she's a rock star. Thank you so much for re-recording again with me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Awesome. So I mentioned this in my introduction, but I am excited for this episode because I actually know a little bit of like to contribute to this topic. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know like much about astrology aside from what Tiana has shared, but I do know a little bit what we're going to talk about today. So what do you want to get started on first? Uh, I thought we would start with talking about moon phases because it's the thing people are most familiar with. And then we can go into things that people maybe have not considered. Awesome. Like working with the sun? Yeah, working with the sun and the different planets and working with retrogrades, um, different kind of retrogrades too, not just like Mercury retrograde. Awesome. Sounds good to me. Okay, so I guess we're ready to get started. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so um, so the first thing I did want to talk about was like moon phase magic. And this is working with the sacred feminine and the moon phases, right? So Um, I know that last time we had talked about how like you can do whatever workings you want that aren't on a specific phase, which I think is cool, but I also think it's great to utilize the phases. So for those who don't know, new moon phase is great for like planting uh, seeds of manifestation. So like things you want to start or blessings for new projects, new endeavors, a new job, new career path, new money, um, And as the moon is waxing or getting fuller, um, you would recontinue or redo those uh, workings to increase that um, as it's getting bigger. And when it's full, you can pretty much do anything. Um, I particularly like it for like love magic, self-love magic, confidence uh, magic is really good. I I mean, I typically just do like a cleansing bath and like a self-love ritual type thing. Um, but you can do anything. I mean, you could do like money or, um, any kind of abundant manifestations or banishings if you wanted to. Um, although the waning phase of the moon is better typically for banishing, binding and releasing. So like if you want to banish or release any bad habits, if you want to bind someone from messing with you and you want to freeze them (laughs) in your freezer or whatever you're going to do. Not literally, but you get what I'm saying. If you want to do a working for that, then the waning moon, since the moon phase will be decreasing, that is a good time to do it. Also, like during the dark of the moon um, is a great thing to do as well. And if you work with deities too, like I feel like uh, specifically like working with the dark uh, moon or like void moons, um, I really like Hecate or like the Morrigan. Um, Hecate specifically because she rules the dark side of the moon. Cool. And, you know, so Tiana and I talked about this in the last recording that we did, but uh, I've had a very interesting conversation with some people in my coven before about moon magic and working with the different phases. Now, technically speaking, honestly, whatever phase of the moon, like whatever it's in, if you need to do a spell that night, like do your spell. Don't worry that you have to wait you know, a week or something to do it if it's really important to you. But yeah, definitely. People can look at the moon phases differently. So for example, sometimes people will do a banishment at a new moon or sometimes people do it at a full moon. And you can kind of look at it like this. Like if you do a banishment during a full moon, that's like full power. You know, you're giving it your all during the full moon, like a hundred percent you know, that's your banishment. Mm -hmm. But as the time goes on, it kind of wanes and it kind of like lessens. But I've also done banishments during new moons. And the reasoning for this is that it's kind of like a slow upbringing or uprising um, to build up that power to banish something. And it does it a little slowly. And I like doing it during new moons because I feel like it's hard to banish something overnight. And sometimes you do need to build up that power together to really give it this big push. So I'll do it during then. But 
again, you know, it kind of depends on your situation. You know, we, we had a, in my coven, we had a, um, one of our coven sisters, we had a really intense conversation about this because she did certain things on a full moon that my other covenant sister and I did on a new moon. And, and she was honestly pretty upset <laughs> when she found out that we did it differently. Cause she was really worried, like, oh my gosh, you know, you're, you guys are doing it this way. Like, am I doing it wrong? Like I've been doing it this whole time. And we had to tell her like, you know what? No, like if it's been working for you this entire time and what we're doing is working for us and that's all that really matters. It really is the intent behind what you're doing. The moon phases do give it a little extra push depending on what phase it's in, but the moon is full no matter the phase you actually see it. And that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, definitely. And I think like people can sometimes be, um, what's it called? Like they use things as a a thing to hold them back or like a crutch when they think like oh I can't do this thing because the moon isn't full yet and it's like if you have to do this thing if it's really important if it's time sensitive and you don't have time to wait just do the thing um but also like I thought it was really interesting that you had said like oh I use new moon to build the power between the new moon and the full moon of like banishing someone because you're increasing that banishment or increasing the strength of the banishment so your intent is like the approach is different, but the result is the same, if that makes sense. And I thought that was really cool because I never actually thought about it like that before. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it really depends on your situation. Like if you're trying to banish somebody who's really perhaps like violent in your life and, you know, let's hopefully you're taking, if you need it, some legal action first in addition to some magic. (laughs) Um, But just using this as as an example, if you want to banish a person who is a little bit aggressive or something in your life, you might want to do that on a full moon and get all your power in at once. But maybe you have a coworker who's like maybe thinking about going on their way out or just something like that, or maybe an upstairs neighbor or I don't know. And if you do it on a new moon, you know, over time, that push is going to just like build up and build up and build up. And it's it's sometimes better to banish something over time than try to do it all at once. But again, too, you know, this is another time where it's a great time to experiment and see what works for you. But I think it really also does depend on the situation of when you want to do this banishment. But for myself, I would probably not do a banishment during a waning moon phase, mm-hmm. just because the magic's kind of lessening, um, which is another reason that I'm cautious with doing it during a full moon, because sometimes you need a little extra magic. And, you know, if you do it all in the full moon, everything past that's kind of waning. So I'm like, mm, you know, new moon kind of, instead of setting a goal, set a banishment. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of think that like, you know, I mean, the moon is full because we see it that way, not necessarily because it's going anywhere. So for me, I don't necessarily see the power as diminishing, uh, more or less that like the circumstance is more optimal. Um, So I don't necessarily see it like, oh, well, the power is not going to be as strong here. You know, I see it as like, oh, this is going to give me an edge. Um, And but either way, like whatever timing it is. And I also too think that there's something to be said for like, uh, doing something several times, I think that we're kind of like in, in society, it's like an instant gratification thing, right? Like people want like, you know, a three minute spell that you can pop in the microwave and then move on and, and uh, you know, <laughs> that, that it'll just work and you'll never you set it and forget it. And the reality is that like manifestation or banishment or binding or like whatever you're doing, um, you it takes know, time. it takes time. And usually like, it's better to do it over the course of several days or over the course of a month or, you know, like they're, um, uh, there are uncrossings, right? You know, do you know what an uncrossing is? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know that you have to do the uncrossing like seven days straight, you know, or you burn a seven day candle for something, or you know, I mean, so those things over time, I think, are more potent than just like doing something once and then never thinking about it ever again. Right. Absolutely. Okay, so just since we're over that primer, unless you have something to add to moon phase magic, I think we could move on to the sun. Um, the only other thing I would say is a lot of people ask about what to do for moon water. And I want to say you can make moon water like three days before or after the full moon. If yeah. you don't do it the actual full moon, it's not a big deal. You could do it a couple days before, a couple days after. And, you know, it could be a fun experiment, too, to do a moon phase or like moon water during a full moon, a new moon and like a waxing and waning moon. I mean, yeah. And you could also see those waters as like for different uses. 
you know, mm-hmm. like I'm going to use this new moon water for, you know, uh, planting new ideas or for new projects or something. I'm going to use this full moon water as like a catch all and this like, you know, dark moon water as like banishment. I don't know, like whatever, you know, suits your purposes. But I, I like to, I like the idea of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you can use new moon water, like say if you want to do a ritual to set an intent. So maybe before the ritual, like, or maybe as a ritual, like you might take a bath with a bunch of different oils and herbs and stuff Mm. that kind of like associate with that. And you can put in like a jar or a couple drops or whatever of new moon water into your regular bath water. So there's a lot of different ways that you can mix it up and, you know, do fun magic things. Right. (laughs) All all the fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, um, actually too, um, so what's interesting is like, I, I think if you don't have like a moon phase app or understand like how the moon works or like, maybe not understand, but like you don't think about it, then it can be easy to think like, Oh, the moon's full. Okay. It's not full anymore. And it's like done like the next day. But the reality is that even at its peak Zenith or whatever, like it's, it's, you know, most fullness, hundred percent full, even the next day, it's going to go back down to like 99%, 98%, like every hour or whatever. And so it doesn't go away immediately. If you can't do it on the day, then and you can do it the day after, like you're still going to have a lot of that power. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So just something to keep in mind. <laughs> so, okay. So for sun phase magic, um, I wanted to note that it's, oh, uh, one more thing on the moon phase magic. So I like to think of moon phase uh, like working with the moon in general as the sacred feminine, as I said, and uh, to me, that's more like emotional matters. It can still be like, you know, manifestations, like I still do stuff like that by the moon. I think we all do. But I also think that there is power in harnessing the moon for um, just emotional things, you know, whether you're like, um, working on yourself, you're doing like shadow work at the dark of the moon, or you're like, you know, working on happiness and joy and like healing you know emotional healing healing for emotional trauma like whatever whatever your work maybe I think the moon is particularly valuable for those types of workings uh more so than like the sun although there's different approaches for it so uh so I just wanted to mention that really quick before you move on so the sun phase magic is a sacred masculine um to me and I personally really love working with Lou um who is like a sun god and he works with like talents and things like that but um so I love working with the sun and there are different times that you can um work with the sun so there's dawn right and this is like right when the sun comes up like sunrise um and it's great for spells or workings that are like you can bless things with the power of the sunrise so the beginning of something, the beginning of a relationship, a job, a project, you could bless yourself or your day. Um, you can bless your current, um, like if you want to take on like a health challenge or a fitness challenge or something like that. I really like doing stuff like that. Um, even new studies, like if you're going back to school. And then so noon is great. It's sort of like the full fullness of the sun, right? Because you know that from like noon to three, the sun is going to be at its peak. Um, And that's great for utilizing the sun's full energy. So like, you know, uh, any kind of health workings, money workings, opportunity, success. Those are the kinds of workings that I would do at noon. Sunset. um, It's great for letting go of things since the sun is going down. It's kind of going away. It's fading a little bit from our, you know, line of sight. Uh, It's great for letting go of illness, poverty, heartbreak, failures, Uh, Even just things that happen during the day, because I feel like, you know, sun, I don't know, moon, it feels more like a monthly thing. But sun is like, you could do it literally any day, right? Like the sun's going to come up and it's going to go down every single day. And so like, if you had a bad day, and like things just irritated you, it can be a good daily ritual to, um, you know, the sun setting and like, here's what I want to let go of that happened to me today. So I don't hold on to it tomorrow. Yeah. And, you know, the sun is really, it's very energizing. And I think a lot of people don't consider that they can work with the sun just as much as they can work with the moon. And I feel like the sun is such a, not to say that the moon isn't joyful, but like the moon is, again, it's like, to me, it's more feminine, it's more emotional. And like the sun to me is more masculine. It's more about like embracing, um, I don't know, like the things that I see as being masculine, I guess, you know, like the physical things, like the physical body where like, 
to me, the moon is the emotional body, especially in tarot. That's pretty much what it, and, and even astrology represents the sacred feminine is the moon and the sacred masculine is the sun. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people too, if you think about like going outside and taking a walk and like getting active and getting your blood flowing and you know, fresh air, people are going to usually think about doing that in the daytime. They're not normally going to think about doing that. And, you know, at the night, the night I think is more of like a, you know, intuitive, like psychic type time where like you kind of go into yourself and you think about a lot of things, but the sun is very like outward and reflective and in your face, literally. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I think it's, uh, you know, to me, it brings the joy back into working magic. Not to say there is no joy in working with the moon. Of course there is. But for me personally, like, I feel like the sun, it, I mean, it's in the daylight, right? Like it's not, it's not when the moon is out, it's a little more witchy and like mystical and like kind of, I don't know, like you're up to something type energy. Whereas like the sun, like you're in broad daylight, like there are other people around, um, you know, you can be seen and you can see everything. And so um, for me, it's like a great time of embracing the sort of joy of that, of like doing a working that I like brings me a lot of happiness and also bringing things to light. So I like to bring like truth workings in the sunlight, like in the sunlight, in the sunlight, like when I'm doing working with the sun, I like things that I want to bring visibility to, if that makes sense. Like. Uh, yeah that's pretty cool yeah if I was gonna do like a working and I felt like somebody is like not being fully truthful well the sun is gonna show I mean at noon you know there's like less shadows right like or at a certain point right like it's the brightest it can be we see everything (laughs) and uh, to me that's like a great time to do you know a working where you like want to get the truth and clarity of a situation uh you could even like have you know banishing depression because sunlight fights depression and disease it boosts your mood scientifically we know these things um and so it's great for those kinds of workings as well um and I also like really love okay I know we talked about this when we originally recorded but I still want to bring it up because I feel like it's something that brings me so much joy and that is making like sun teas and I feel like oh I'm so happy you brought this up because I was like (laughs) if she doesn't bring it up I'm gonna bring it up yeah literally it is one of the most joyful things for me to do in the summertime is like my dad would always make sun tea when I was a kid and now I've sort of like pushed that into my magical practice by making sun teas with herbs um and using those like you could make a sun tea that maybe you're not going to drink but you're going to use in a working or a potion or something or body oil if you could you could literally infuse uh oils with herbs at this time and it's a great way to like have it naturally heated by the sun um and again like teas you're just going to drink that you want to ingest for like if you're a kitchen witch or whatever and you want to do like um culinary type magic uh it's a great time for that as well you can infuse uh rosemary thyme lavender uh rose hips rose those are great for beauty and protection and good luck and money um and even like cinnamon although I don't really use cinnamon in the summertime specifically just because I think that it's not really uh like a seasonal thing for me like cinnamon to me is very tied to like autumn and and winter (laughs) so I would definitely make like maybe cinnamon tea like in the autumn time when um when that's more relevant to me, but like, you can do whatever you want. I mean, you know, uh, it's your magic, so do what you want, but you know, or you could, you could even do like fruit infused tea, right? Like you could do orange, lemon. Um, those are very cleansing, you know, purifying type Mm -hmm. agents that you could infuse into your tea as well. And, and they taste great, you know? (laughs) So (laughs) there are those ideas as well. Definitely. And, you know, I would actually like, you know, challenge somebody to make some sun water and see if you see a difference between the moon water and the sun water. But I will definitely say if you're doing this, make sure you're using like a BPA free container, like preferably glass, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like like something that's not going to like destroy the water content inside or that is unsafe to use. And, you know, you could try out doing sun water at different phases and then you can even use one or like make one that is both sun and moon water together and see how that like is. Combining masculine and feminine. Like I really love that duality. 
Absolutely. And I will say that I have made sun and moon water more times than I have intended to because I don't feel like getting up before <laughs> the sun came up when I went to bed. And I, then I would just kind of be lazy and leave it out there. And uh, yeah, we're not going to talk a lot about that, That's but <laughs> it is definitely, uh, it's, uh, it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as like a what you want to store your stuff in. So this is like, I guess, I don't know if it's a witchy hack. It's just me being cheap, really. But like, if you ever buy a tea in a glass container at the convenience store, or the gas station or the grocery store or whatever, like, you know how sometimes you can get in the refrigerated section, like single uh, kombuchas or like teas or whatever. Um, I like mm-hmm. to get these like glass bottled, um, they're like detox drinks from Target. They have one that's like chlorophyll and like, it tastes like lemonade to me, but it has like chlorophyll in it and it's super healthy for you. And I save those oh, that's cool. for moon water. So I save like all my like kombucha jars and like, um, like anything that's glass and has a lid, I'll save it and I'll yeah, use same. it. Yeah. I'll <laughs> use those for like sun teas or, um, you know, tea infusions or herbal infusions, which I like heat up in the sunlight and you can do the same thing by the moon too. You don't necessarily have to use um the sunlight but the sun obviously is going to heat it up the moon's not going to heat it up so if you need that heat element then you know that's something to keep in mind definitely oh i think people like i think you're you know you're a witch when you just save jars <laughs> <laughs> right you're just saving them my boyfriend gets so irritated because i at some point i got really out of hand i was saving like old pickle jars and stuff and i was like i don't know when i'm gonna need this oh gosh <laughs> and it was just getting ridiculous Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, my mom the other day, she was over and she was like, why are you saving this big jar? And I was like, don't worry about it. It's my jar. I paid for it. I will reuse it. Just leave it. And she was like, that's dumb. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh. Well, I'm keeping this jar and it's currently in my cabinet and I can't wait to put some water in it. Exactly. Okay. So I thought we would talk about retrogrades before we get into the planets Um, because they do affect the planets. But um, they definitely have like a different energy when like a planet's moving forward as opposed to when it's retrograding. So most people are familiar with Mercury retrograde. That's, you know, Mercury starts going backwards and we get communication on the fritz and people think they're going to like have breakups or that their ex is going to come back (laughs) and like DM them (laughs) or whatever. Um, But actually, uh, Mercury retrogrades are more likely to be the time when you forget to save your file and then it like crashes on you. You know, is there a retrograde happening right there now? There are several retrogrades happening right now. I think Mercury just went into retrograde. This month is about to be <laughs> wild. Um, and also Venus is retrograde. I think it's going to end soon. Like, I feel like it ends at the end of May if it hasn't already ended. Jupiter is retrograde in Saturn, I want to say. And then um, Pluto is... Sorry, I don't know all these alignments. There's so many happening right now. There's even a lunar eclipse happening in June, and I think also a solar eclipse. Jeez, that's fine. There's a lot of of random things happening in my life right now that I'm like, something must be up. Like, this is very strange. Yeah, like 2020 is a hell of a year for... for uh what's it called planetary activity (laughs) right like there's so many freaking like eclipses and if you just like subscribe to any professional astrologer on youtube they'll be talking about how saturn is in this planet and jupiter's in this planet and they're gonna retrograde on this month and how um uh whatchamacallit uh i think saturn was in capricorn i want to say for a really long time and now it's finally going into aquarius or just went into Aquarius and then it's going to retrograde back or something. And there's oh, so many. And then I know Venus has been retrograde in Gemini. I'm not sure if it's out of that yet or if it's going to be, but like those are different energies for like just working with a single planet. That's just a whole other thing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. So most people are familiar with Mercury retrograde. I don't really think it's anything to be afraid of. Just double check your files. Don't sign any contracts if you can avoid it. If you can't avoid it, read it like three, four times. Make sure that you're not, things aren't getting lost in translation because Mercury rules communication. And that would be the thing that would happen during a retrograde is that you miss something. Um, And more likely than uh, having like an ex come back in Mercury retrograde, that is more likely to happen during a Venus retrograde, which has been happening and it's either almost over or it's already over. So. 
if that happened to you recently and you had like a, um, what should we call it? An XDM you recently, it's more likely due to the Venus retrograde and not the Mercury retrogrades. Um, but actually, and also too, what one thing I think people don't think about is like, they always think about relationships, uh, coming back and they don't think about like friendships because during this Venus retrograde, I actually got in contact with one of my friends I hadn't talked to since high school for like a 10 year period. And we just completely re-sparked our friendship during this time. Oh my goodness. It's been really cool. So it doesn't always have to be this like thing that we fear, you know, sometimes it can bring blessings in. Um, Also Venus rules money. So uh, oftentimes when Venus is in retrograde, you get like payouts of money that have been delayed or that like you never got that maybe you were waiting on for a really long time. I need that in my life. (laughs) Yeah. So it can bring a lot of really good things. So, um, so anyway, so retrogrades are things, retrograde basically means to go back or like revisit something. And so the way that you can work with this, you're going to have to look it up and you can do this by a simple Google. Most astrologers have done the heavy lifting for us. Thank God, uh, already. But, um, so basically like if a planet is in retrograde, you're revisiting that thing, right? So for Mercury retrograde, you're double checking your communication and maybe you work on your personal communication skills, right? I feel like we can all probably do that and that would be still a good thing, (laughs) you know, to improve those things. But for instance, if Venus is in retrograde, then maybe it's a time to like do an evaluation of your personal relationships, whether it's romantic or friendship wise, and uh, see how you can improve those relationships or which ones are serving you and which ones aren't serving you. Because oftentimes retrogrades serve as a chance to reflect and reevaluate things another time. It like brings it up for you or it brings up issues surrounding those things. So that way you can either let them go or, you know, uh, put more energy toward them if you know that it's something that brings you a lot of peace and happiness, I guess. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Okay. So... (laughs) (laughs) so we're gonna go through the planets the main planets and um then imagine that these issues will still be the same for a retrograde but it'll be revisiting that thing and depending on what sign it's in it's going to affect it differently so the first planet is venus and venus is the planet of love And it's the planet of self-love, friendship, money, like literally your physical resources. And uh, so when Venus is in a planet, depending on what that planet is, I'll give you an example in a second, but depending on what that planet is, that's kind of how you're going to approach these things. So um, Venus rules love and value, like physical value. So that's like literally money. It doesn't always have to be money, but it could be like your home and your property. And so like, for example, if Venus is in Gemini, then maybe you want to decorate your home, right? Or not Gemini, sorry, uh, Libra. Then maybe you want to redecorate your home because Libra is all about balance and design and aesthetic. Uh, If it's in Gemini, like it has been, then that has more to do with um, creativity and inspiration and working on projects that maybe like if, for instance, it's in retrograde right now. So if you had like projects you really wanted to work on, but you just didn't have time before. And now that we're in this like coronavirus lockdown and we have more time, uh, that retrograde, it's been happening. So if you found yourself like revisiting an old project that you had, you know, left behind and forgot about until now, then that's why. Uh, So yeah, I also like to do um, like, glamour, magic during this time, self-love, money, friendship, just when I'm working with Venus. And depending on what kind of planet it's in, that could be your approach, right? So as I said, Venus being in Gemini, they're an air sign. They're all about communication and creativity and inspiration. If you're in a different sign like um, Libra, it's going to be all about balance and aesthetic and creating that harmony for yourself. So it sort of gives these planets a different vibe when they're in a different sign. Okay, so the next planet is Saturn, and Saturn is all about lessons. Um, It's like the big daddy of the astrology of the zodiac. Yeah, I mean, really, that's what they call it, like big daddy Saturn or whatever. But um, 
it's the strong arm, the one that's going to like structure your life, give you rules and tell you what they are. Um, And so if it's retrograding, it's going to be like telling you like, hey, these are the rules that you like haven't been abiding or these are the rules that you need. Uh, These are the lessons you have to learn. So it's a little more like of a hard planet. Um, But depending on like what planet or not what planet, sorry, what sign is in that planet at the time, it could be easier energy, right? Like we've had Saturn and Capricorn for several years now, which has been really difficult energy, um, even though it's in its natural placement. And now we're transitioning to Saturn and Aquarius, which a lot of people, a lot of astrologers will tell you that the energy is a lot easier. It's going to be a lot more revolutionary because Aquarius rules revolution, rebellion, but also like innovation and new ideas and creativity. So yeah, that's a whole lot. But uh, okay, so we have Jupiter. Jupiter rules growth, expansion, luck. It can often pertain to like your career also. Although I would say like Saturn, Venus, you could equally work with your career in those placements just in different ways. Um, Jupiter is all about expansion and growth and good luck. And so like if you were going to work with Jupiter, you were going to work with it in a way that uh, like with things you want to grow, right? So you could do a working with Jupiter where you're like, okay, I want to grow my career. Jupiter, let me see like what what zodiac sign is in that right now. And let me see if I can optimize this to approach it in that way. So for example, if Jupiter is in Leo right now, I'm not saying it is, I don't think that it is, but just as an example of how you can look at this is if Jupiter's in Leo and Leo, the whole vibe of Leo was like being a leader and shining for all to see and being a shining example and also being childlike and like playful and like really like letting your own inner child out, then um, the way that you could grow in this time is by acting like that or embodying those characteristics, if that makes sense. Um, And so you can sort of apply that to each planetary um, working that you would want to do. And then we have Pluto, Pluto rules. um, It's like a great thing for, uh, working with death, sex, transformation, shadow work. Um, if you like are trying to do workings with the dead or spirits, it's a great planet to work with. Um, even like deities that have to do with death. And then there's Mars, which is all about ambition. Um, and like how you would approach your career or like what your energy is like, uh, in it, it's like the aggression, the energy that you need for career fighting, with other people um, and like what energy propels you forward because it rules Aries. So it's like an initiation energy Um, and, you know, motivation, having motivation for those things. Mars is great energy. If you want to do something with your physical body, like fitness uh, or, you know, like if it's to do with uh, starting something new. So those are the things that you could, or sorry, these are the planets that are great for harnessing different, workings right so like venus it's venusian you if you're going to remodel your house then figuring out what planet or sorry what sign venus is in at the time you're going to do it will kind of help you into and also i think it's really fun to see like what sign it's in and how you can approach this thing right or how you can approach love or if you want to do a love working with venus and you know you want to know what sign it's in then it can help you with approaching love in that way and sort of optimizing these alignments as you're doing them. Gosh, you know, it's like, like it's kind of awful as we're going through the planets. All I can think in my head right now is like sailor moon and like every planet you name, I'm like thinking of the sailor scout that's associated with that. And I'm just like singing the theme song, like sailor Venus, sailor Mercury, like, like the whole thing in my head. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I need to stop. Okay. I think it's great. I love that show and the comics so much. So I relate. Okay. So the next couple of planets we have are Mercury and I feel like everyone, Sailor Mercury. <laughs> uh, people are most familiar with Mercury because they know about Mercury retrograde. So rules, communication, technology, also like, uh, you know, just like messages, like bringing in messages. So you could do a, a working with Mercury about like getting messages from spirit, messages from the universe, or like trying to improve communication with somebody else. Uh, okay, so then we have Neptune, which um, I feel like it's a neglected planet, but it's such a magical planet. I love Neptune. The energy of Neptune is always so positive. It's 
uh, Pisces is ruled by Neptune and it rules dreams, aspirations, optimistic viewpoint, like seeing the best in everyone. Also like music and um, delusion to a certain extent, you know, like having your head so far up in the clouds that like you don't see reality. Uh, so it's a great planet to work with to dispel delusions. Um, you could work also with Saturn to do that because, uh, you know, he's big daddy reality <laughs> um, and rules Capricorn oh and like, the yeah, like being super like blunt about how this is the way that it is. Uh, whereas Neptune's like, oh, but this is the way that it could be. <laughs> um, but Neptune's great for like, you know, uh, really dreaming up your goals and really feeling like what that would feel like to achieve those goals. And um, I think Neptune is a great planet to work with for um, interpreting your dreams, working with dreams, doing dream work, lucid dream workings, uh, or like creating uh, lucid dream teas. Um, <laughs> Or even just like creating a vision board, right? Or if you're a musician to like really harness that power of being a musician and really feeling the music. It's a very emotional planet. And the last planet is Uranus, which is the planet um, kind of like quick changes and chaos and rebellion and innovation. Uh, rules Aquarius, actually. And uh, so if you want to be an innovator, if you want to embrace the unique personality that is you or if you want to give yourself a makeover and like really have it embody like who you uniquely are or if you're trying to figure out who you are um Uranus is great for that because it's like it's like the planet that says I am who I am and like this is who I am and I'd rather like what's that quote I'd rather be loved for who I am than hated or uh, hated for who I am than loved for who I'm not not. yeah that's like (laughs) Uranus energy um it's also the planet of the collective and humanity so because it rules Aquarius and Aquarius deals with like uh, the collective energy and um, humanity at large and like being a humanitarian and like what's good for the world. Cool. Yeah. Gosh, there's a lot to keep in mind with these planets. Totally. <laughs> Not even like just what they represent, but like, you know, what sign they're in, like what does a retrograde for the planet mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of information. For sure. Seriously, like huge, huge respect to you and like anybody who – like knows a bunch about astrology because that is so much information to learn it really is um I don't think I would have learned as much if I wasn't super interested in it because it is a lot of information and if it's all like Greek to you and it's not like something that interests you then leave it to the experts and google like the info you want to know because there are so many like professional astrologer bloggers and youtubers out there that are so passionate about this and if you just want to know like what sign Neptune is in or like what, you know, Neptune and Leo in your chart means or how you can work with Neptune, like what does Neptune represent? You could Google these things or YouTube them and somebody's made a video about it to help you out. So it doesn't, so it's, it can stay fun instead of becoming this like taxing thing that overwhelms you. Absolutely. I mean, there's something about everything on the internet. Totally. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, for sure. But um, so the last thing I wanted to just mention, um, I'm sure you have episodes about this, so we don't have to like dwell on it, but just um, harnessing the seasons, you know, like obviously not everyone who listens to your podcast is going to be Wiccan or Pagan or follow a wheel of the year. But I do feel Definitely. like there are seasons for everything. And I know that as humans, we're tied to this planet. We're tied to the seasons. Uh, not just culturally, but, you know, evolutionarily, like we've, if you're part of a a modern culture, at some point, you've been tied to the land and the agriculture. And so you feel the seasons change if you're really in tune with the weather, right? And of course, those seasons are going to be good for different things. Yeah, you know, the summer is really good for energizing. It's good for if you want to do like any spells to help with getting maybe a little bit more active. Mm. But at the same time, you know, I think it, it kind of goes back to the whole moon phases that just because, you know, the moon is in the certain phase doesn't mean that you can't do a spell. Yeah, so just because sure. it's summertime and you want to do a spell that's like energizing and help with motivation, you know, the sun's out, the days are longer. Doesn't mean you can't do that in the dead of winter. And to be honest, sometimes that's when you really need that motivation because it's the dead of winter and you don't want to do anything but like lay on your couch and eat Christmas, you know, food and candy. Yeah, I mean, 100%. (laughs) I feel like uh, it's important when you learn. I I think when you're new is more uh, likely when you're to be dogmatic about something and, and think like, oh, I can only do it during this phase or I can only do it on this year and this season or during this 
Sabbath or whatever it is. But like the reality is like you can do whatever you want. You're your own person and it doesn't need to be during this planetary alignment or whatever, but they do help, right? Like it's like, this is the optimal time, but it's not the only time. Definitely. And you know, as you get a little bit more in tune with your craft, I think that's when it's like a really good time to try to tap into working with these specific moon phases, Mm -hmm. working with these specific seasons and specific planets just to kind of fine tune it. You know, I would say get your footing in now. Don't worry too much about like having the wrong moon phase for whatever you want to do. Just try it out, you know, get your hands dirty. And then once you're a little bit more comfortable, then I would say you should definitely look into the moon phases. But again, if you also want to look into the moon phases before you do your first spell or whatever you want to do, that's totally fine too. You know, as Tiana was also saying, you're your own person, you're your own witch. You got to do what works for you. And you got to do what's practical too. Sometimes you can't do a really cool outdoor ritual by the full moon, like in a private secluded wooded area. And, you know, maybe you have like in-laws coming over or like somebody coming over and you can't do your ritual when you would really like to do it. And, you know, that's part of witchcraft is you got to improvise with, you know, not only like the timing, but also with what you have. <laughs> Cause yeah, I know I definitely what... don't have all the things that all my spells call for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, what interests you too, right? Like, I feel like sometimes, like, not just with witchcraft or paganism or anything like that, but like, we can, if something is new to us, we can feel pressured to do things we don't want to do for the sake of saying that we've done it, like saying that, like, oh, well, I'm like a witch now. So like, I have to like work with Pluto on this day and do this thing, because that's what witches do. And it's like, you should do what you like right like the things that bring you joy and passion and inspire you right like if 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 doing shadow work with pluto does not inspire you if you're not into that and you're more into like working with venus and doing i don't know self love work and you're approaching it from that angle um or if you just want to do shadow work at a different fucking time like do that you know you don't have to stick with these guidelines this is these are ways you can do things but they're not the only ways you can do things like I I definitely yeah I just think that yeah you know they're they're meant to be helpful guidelines but not like uh strict regimens (laughs) to be followed definitely and you know it also kind of going off that like just because you're getting into witchcraft like if you really don't want to celebrate the upcoming sabbath like the idea of llamas is just not really interesting to you, you know, using that as an example. <laughs> you don't have to do it. First of all, <laughs> like, how dare you? I love llamas. <laughs> l- listen, it's okay. Llamas has a very special place in my heart because that was around my initiation. I think you talked so about that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That That is a very special one yeah. for me. That's why I came to mind that's first. Great. No, I, I, I love <laughs> but, that. It's know, like always the, uh, to, to me, it's always the holiday that people write about when they, uh, most because a lot of pagans don't like llamas and I like love so I said it as I said I like work a lot with Lou and uh, Lunasa which is like another name for llama um, Mm -hmm. is like one of my favorite times of the year I don't even really like summer that much to be honest with you but I really love that Sabbath so much I think it's because the excitement of harvest time and also like autumn and Halloween Holidays are yeah, coming. Like, Fallon's coming like mm-hmm. I think I get so pumped about that that by the time August is here I'm just like in a totally new mood <laughs> I don't know <laughs> like it just really I it, I'm getting hyped just thinking about it but um but yeah like you know even just harnessing the wheel of the year um in terms of your astrological workings too like uh, you know, like we were talking about in previous episodes, like when, you know, the moon is in Scorpio or whatever, um, a, a lot of astrologers will make videos on this. So if you know, like, okay, like the moon is going to be full in this sign in April or whatever, May, whatever month, <laughs> just YouTube it and look at by upload date. And you'll see that somebody's made like the most recent video on like what that energy will be like and what the uh, based on that energy could help you in a working. Absolutely. Um, oh man, there was something else I was just going to say, and you know, the joys of live podcasting yeah. <laughs> kind of live <laughs> where you just immediately forget what it is when it's like time to say something. Uh, oh, oh, I just remembered. Um, okay. So <laughs> if anybody's interesting in learning a little bit more about the Sabbaths, I do have two episodes that do talk about them. 
but I actually just recently recorded an episode with Jason Mankey. Um, he is a author. He's a pagan author. He has a bunch of books out where him and I do talk um, about the Sabbaths. And it was actually a really, really fun conversation. So be on the lookout for that's that so if cool. that's something that you're interested in. Yeah, it was really, we had a really good time. He's like a celebrity in my so, yeah. <laughs> he does he does have quite a number of yeah, books out. Yeah, <laughs> he has so many books if you're Wiccan or Pagan, I feel like. Or if you read Pathios Pagan, then all yes, over he's that, a man. Like, he's a fictional character in my mind. <laughs> like, <laughs> is he real? Like, Thor Mini to he's me. He's very like, real. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So he's very real, and he is will be on a future episode. It's already recorded, but... Uh, so cool. I'm so excited for that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, we're just about coming up on time. Is there anything else you wanted to add about working with the planets or the, you know, the moon or the sun or Sabbaths? Uh, I mean, no, uh, just, you know, work with them if you want to. And if you don't want to, don't, <laughs> you know, don't feel obligated to do it. Because I think, like, we can get so bogged down in, like, thinking, oh, like, oh, God, I have to work with Saturn because I told myself I was going to work with all the planets. And it's like, you're not really vibing with it. And, like, I'm I'm giving you permission and give yourself permission to not force yourself into doing things you don't want to do. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So Tiana, how can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Storybook Beauty, where I talk about clean beauty and metaphysical tarot astrology stuff. I even have a, an astrology makeup tutorial series if you're into that on my YouTube channel, which you can find at Storybook Apothecary on YouTube. Um, and I'm also going to start a podcast because I, um, <laughs> Ashley was nice enough to do a poll on her Twitter account, uh, about whether or not people <laughs> would want to hear a podcast about what it's like for me as a witch and my boyfriend as a Christian dating and like what we think about different topics. So, uh, hopefully at some point I can like give you the link and you can update my episodes with that, uh, link if I have the podcast up and running at that point. And it'll be called The Christian and the Witch. Awesome. Yeah. And I will tell you guys, Tiana gave me an idea of some topics that she wants to talk about if, if she's able to get her podcast up and running. And they're really cool. Like, I'm really excited to hear them. Cool. I'm, I'm excited to talk about them, too. I feel like I had to calm my boyfriend into doing this. He says that he's for it, but he seemed like not as excited as me. So I'm like really trying to rope him into it. Well, I hope you guys end up doing it because I was really excited to hear about these topics. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, and if Tiana does get the podcast up and running in the future, I will update this episode. Wow. I will update this episode to include the link uh, for where you can access awesome. it. Thank you. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful night or morning or evening or wherever and whenever you're listening to this. And I will talk to you all very soon. All right. Bye. And thank you so much again, Tiana, for coming on. I really appreciate it. You are freaking awesome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge with these, like, with the listeners. Like, I, there'd be no way I could look all, the, all of that information up and try to replicate it in, like, such an eloquent way that you did. <laughs> thank you. I definitely am not a professional, but uh, I, I'm very passionate about it, so. But you did a hell of a job. You, you definitely know a lot. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Of course. You're welcome back anytime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.